May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Words from the 10th chapter, verse 16 of the first letter to the Corinthians, just before today's epistle. Words frequently used in the Holy Communion liturgy of some Reformed churches, but not as far as I've been able to tell ever in any church in Wales liturgy. In some ways it seems strange to begin a sermon with words from scripture used in other church liturgies, but not the liturgy we're using here. But actually, today, at Corpus Christi, these words seem about right. The cup which we bless, the bread which we break, is this not the communion of the body and blood of Christ? Throughout the Church of Jesus Christ over these past 2,000-ish years, there have been discussions, disagreements, over exactly what happens at the Holy Communion. Transubstantiation, whereby the, body, whereby the bread and wine actually become Jesus' body and blood, while keeping the appearance of bread and wine. Consubstantiation, where the bread and wine become Jesus' body and blood while also still remaining bread and wine. Receptionism, where we receive Jesus spiritually, but the bread and wine are just bread and wine. Memorialism, where we are just reminded of the Last Supper. I've probably not summed them up very well. And there are many more different opinions and variations across that spectrum and more. Some understandings of the communion mean it's important that an Episcopally ordained priest celebrates the Mass because through those ordained hands a change happens. The bread and the wine become Jesus' body and blood. And some understand that if it's just remembering Jesus, remembering the Last Supper, it doesn't matter who celebrates the communion where, it's just remembering. There are a variety of views within Anglicanism, within the Anglican communion. <coughs> I suspect there's a variety of views within this congregation too come to that. I admit, as a Catholic Anglican, my view is that the bread and wine truly do change into Jesus' body and blood. So it's vital that it is a priest or a bishop, who's also a priest, celebrating the Mass so we know we are truly receiving Jesus. And so on this feast of Corpus Christi, at the end of this Mass, we'll have a procession of the Blessed Sacrament around the church. And then we will adore Jesus present on the altar before we receive benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, the sign of the cross over the congregation from our Lord in the monstrance. Adoring Jesus present on the altar, something 
which was once referred to by Archbishop Rowan Williams, remember him, as sunbathing, bathing in the presence of the Son of God. I quite like that description of exposition, <coughs> sunbathing, bathing in God's presence. Mind you, in some ways, these distinctions of what happens during the Eucharist can lead us to division in one way or another. The distinction between transubstantiation and consubstantiation, for example, is quite small and quite confusing in some ways. Each tradition, though, seems to acknowledge that in some way we receive our Lord in this sacrament. The Orthodox seem to sum it up quite well. Effectively, Jesus is present and we don't need to explain or understand exactly how. Jesus is there and that's all that matters. It's a mystery. It's meant to be a mystery. Don't worry about it. Jesus is present. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of Jesus' blood? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of Jesus' body? We are fed by Jesus. We are part of Jesus' body. St. Augustine of Hippo once said, eat and know who you are because we are part of that body. In today's Gospel, we hear Luke's account of the feeding of the 5,000. You can almost imagine the conversation continuing, getting more and more irate. It's getting late, we're miles from anywhere. Send them away now so they can get something to eat and find somewhere to stay. You know it makes sense. No, you feed them. But there's 5,000 of them. We don't have enough. Send them away. No, you feed them. But we can't. Send them away. No, I said that we will feed them. You can imagine it going on, can't you? We have on the one hand the disciples thinking rationally, wanting the crowd to go so that they can be fed and find somewhere to stay. And on the other hand, Jesus having very different ideas. Has anyone heard of the concept of rickrolling on a slightly different topic? Or the singer from the 1980s, Rick Astley? Yeah. He sung a song, Never Gonna Give You Up, and it was a hit. It was a bit of a joke in many ways. And then in recent years, it sort of made a bit of a comeback, and there's been this almost game that people play of trying to make someone listen to Rick Astley without realising it. And you're on the internet, you say, oh, look at my pictures, click on something, and suddenly, never going to give you up comes up. Or you open a, a birthday card, you know those ones that have got the music in when you open it up it starts playing or it comes on the radio at an inopportune moment. Rickrolling, it's been known as. Normally it's what someone does to someone else. But during the week I was having 
an interesting conversation with a friend and got another catchy tune stuck in my head. The Bee Gees staying alive, if you're wondering. And I was worried that I'd be going to bed and this song would be going round and round in my head. And I thought, well, it could be worse. I could end up having been rickrolled and having had... You can guess what happened, can't you? All through the night, trying to sleep. Never going to give you up, etc. <laughs> Driving me mad. I couldn't sleep. It wasn't even someone else had rickrolled me. I'd rickrolled myself. What a stupid thing to do. That was Wednesday night. Corpus Christi itself, the proper date, was last Thursday, and so I was celebrating the Holy Eucharist at St. Gladys on Thursday morning. And as I read that same Gospel reading we've just heard, subconsciously, yet again, I was rickrolling myself, just reflecting on the words of what was happening. Never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run around and desert you. It occurred to me, this seemed to be Jesus' response. The disciples trying to send the crowd away. Yes, it's for their own good, the disciples felt. But Jesus was having none of it. He wanted them to stay. He was not going to give them up. He was not going to let them down. He was not going to desert them. He was going to feed them instead. He fed them in a way we cannot explain a way we cannot understand. It's a mystery, a miracle. But Jesus was not going to give them up. They were fed. And what's more, there was more than enough, a surplus, because of Jesus' generosity to them, Jesus' generosity to us also. They were fed. And at the Eucharist, we too are fed by Jesus in this most holy sacrament of the altar. We might sometimes get bogged down in the theological descriptions of what happens, or even maybe in disagreements of exactly how the liturgy should flow, what clergy wear, what songs or hymns we do or don't sing, whether or not we use incense, whether we use English or Welsh or Latin, and so on. We get bogged down in so many things and can be at risk of forgetting the most important thing that we gather together to worship God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We come to hear the scriptures proclaimed. We come to pray for the church and the world. We come to be fed by Jesus himself. We are fed by Jesus. We receive Jesus' body and blood, whether receiving in one kind or two. And we are sent out, fed, refreshed, empowered by Jesus. Sent out to proclaim something of Jesus to those around us, letting other people know about the salvation, reconciliation and forgiveness offered by Jesus himself to everyone. God made man the second person of the Trinity who is never going to give us up, never going to let us down, never going to run around, 
and deserts us. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.